Hi everyone, Tim here from the UK Scriptwriters Podcast. Um, we did a live podcast recently where we used uh, Periscope and Twitcast to have a chat online um, with people uh, sending in comments and questions as we did it. Uh, which was a good vibe because it was almost like doing a sort of interactive workshop of some kind. Um, we talked a little bit about um, uh, our previous work. We talked about how to find an agent, software, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, what we've done is uh, uploaded it here for a kind of a record of that. In case we do another one, people can listen to what the last one was like. So um, over to us as we recorded it so obviously you'll hear us talking to people like we're talking to them but what we're doing is reading their text so you'll get the idea of it uh and uh, back to normal podcasting soon cheers right let's start with some questions then danny uh well michael stretch uh was in touch with us and sent us an email uh and he was asking questions about uh how to how to blog well uh, how to keep the creative flow and be in the money, uh, how to keep inspired as a new writer, um, and how to suss out the market. Uh, I'm not just saying this is a quick answer, but these are all topics that we've covered well, in the book, but we'll cover them now quickly here. Well, let's do, let's do inspi- uh, new writers. How do they get inspired and how do they begin? Yeah. Because that's something that I've done a lot of chit-chats about on courses and universities and so on. Yeah. Because to me, it's about switching off your filter of what you find interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what, what happens is you've got a script, you want to work on it and you're suddenly like, Oh, what can I put in there? And you're frantically dashing about. Meanwhile, there's the other flip side of that. You don't live in your day to day life and you sort of, you find interesting things as you're living. And then you say, uh, but I don't need to know that. That's not applicable to me. I'm of a. You've got to learn, and all that. This is a thing for all artists, sculptors, painters, everything. You've got to learn to switch off that negative filter. Yeah. To just be like, if you find it interesting, you jot that sucker down. Yeah. Because the you ne- there's something about it that intrigued you. You don't know what that is yet. Don't worry about that. Let's just jot that down in a book, on your phone, whatever it is. And then eventually that will become pertinent to you at a time when it's right to. Okay. Do you see what I mean? But it takes quite a bit of self-training to switch off that filter that we all have about that's not immediately applicable to me or useful. Therefore, I'm not going to take it on board. But if you see a funny thing occurring or you find something, you know, in the junk shop that you find intriguing, you just get it. Just buy it. If it's 50p, just buy it. It might come useful to you. Are you saying then trust your instincts a bit more? Mm-hmm. Yes, which is a skill of itself because you put a filter straight away to go, okay, but I'm just going to leave it and, you know, maybe I'll remember it or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. If you genuinely have that moment where you go, crikey, I really like that thing, take a picture of it. Do you see what I mean? Rather than straight away put the logical filter in and block yourself from living it and being excited by it. Because if it inspired you then, you might forget about it. You've just got to make notes, I guess. Yeah. Do whatever you like, take photos. Uh, James Morn has just joined us on Periscope. Hello, Legends. James. Uh, I also saw Captain Nightcap, great name, on Periscope. Hope you're still there, Captain Nightcap. Sophie Petzl is watching. Sophie Petzl, legend. Uh, what have we learned from doing our podcast, says Sitcom Geek, James Carey, on uh, Twitcast. 
Uh, we've learned that we've uh, an amazing endurance just to procrastinate for five years, I think. Uh, <laughs> because two things will happen from this podcast. We'll either have to do it live every time or we'll never do it again. Uh, because, uh, you know, we forget sometimes. We don't really publicize this podcast very well, I don't think. Uh, we just do it mainly because we have a lot of fun doing it. We've really enjoyed doing the interviews. Uh, so we hope that gives it a broader appeal. So we'd be open to any tips, actually, about how we can improve the podcast. All right, that's not to... answering James's question. It is. It's like I've learned that we haven't uh, done it very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the thing that I've learned is the wide variety of styles and techniques to end up in the same place yeah so all the people we've met this is what i'm thinking because a bit that i enjoy about the podcast is meeting uh, interesting people when we do the interviews good writers different writers to us writers that we could never be because it's not our bag mm -hmm. and they all work in totally different ways you know like tony jordan in the last one like no research mm -hmm. you know yeah <laughs> No planning, almost. He, was he just starts. He was fibbing. No, it but sounds do you remember good. his crazy writing technique of just I just start writing yeah, and then yeah. and then, like I could never do that. Yeah. I could never do that. And um, and yet we all end up hopefully in about the same place through all those different methods. And I think that um, there's something been really fascinating about like you can find your own way. And it, you will end up in a good place. Mm -hmm. So if you're a writer starting out listening to this now and you're thinking, yeah, but I've read all these books and I don't agree or I, find, I really struggle with Hero's Journey or Save the Cat or any of these other things and you're thinking, oh, I'm a failure because I've really struggled to implement that. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like, no, you can feel good. This is what I've taken. You can feel good about that. If you find your own way, you can still end up in a really good position with a great script as good as anyone else's but through your own method. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? There's not one way, and if you don't subscribe to the way you're out. Yeah. And that, that's what I've learned, or relearned, or whatever, and it's been fantastic to know that. Well, we seem to be generating a theme, almost, in terms of just trust your instincts. Uh, don't doubt your instincts, uh, and write what you like. Hope that's answered the question in a roundabout way, James. We have other questions. Um, what do we think about the Oscar uh, winners, which was Spotlight and The Big Short? You've got a bit of a beef about uh, one of those two. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> it was Spotlight. No, because you were saying, uh, yes, because you said it's a, it's still a, a, a sort of an adaptation because it's true story. Yeah, isn't it? Didn't it win Best Original Screen? No, Best Original Screen. Okay, so I'd like, they're both, in, in a way, they're both true stories. Yeah. Yet one's adaptation. original and one's adaptation. That's, um, my, only, that's yeah. my only beef there in yeah. terms of Big uh, Spotlight being... Best original script when it's based on a true story and, and adapted from the guys. Who Have you seen thing. both of those? I've no, seen not, both yet, of those. not okay, yet. Okay, so I've seen I've seen both of those, um, and I won't talk about the plot and the story and sort of whatever. But I'm sure a lot of other people have. But uh, to me, uh, I preferred Spotlight, but I admired The Big Short more because I think um, Spotlight had to me to me a kind of a purer story. In, in terms of it didn't get in the way. Whereas the big short, I liked all those techniques mm -hmm. of, you know, kind of uh, comedy techniques almost to keep you interested. Right. But I did find that I preferred the purity of Spotlight. But okay. that's really personal. I don't know what anyone else is supposed to get from okay. that. Okay. 
Um, uh, somebody's asked what script writing do we do we explained that in the introduction yeah but that was a bit fraught because of the things because so, of uh, the mixed kind of so start give a, we had give a short thing so uh, i've written for games uh, and i've done comedy web series and i've done short films and we've done a feature together whereas danny's been more mr tv mr television in terms of doing soap opera episodes and more recently children's TV. Written for shows that you'd actually have heard of. Yeah. Which is a big plus. Uh, rather at that awkward party moment where it's just like, w- w- what do you do? I'm a screenwriter. And then you get, they get asked, have you written anything I've seen? Yeah. And to which you inevitably sometimes have to reply, especially when you're starting out, uh, no. We but I'm in say, well, it depends. Were you at the uh, Shorter Palooza Festival? Well, this is it. <laughs> this is like, well, my, I'm quarter finalist in the My Script is Best competition 2015, and BBC Writers Room said they'll get back to me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that, which we've all, I think, uh, anybody watching will uh, very much relate to, I think. Uh, I know a few key people who are watching who would relate to that. That's right. Um, so, yeah, keep the questions coming. But you're right, here's a question related to that. Yeah. Because you said BBC Writers Room. Uh, Hello, co- Darth Marenghi. Hello, Snowbird777. She's had an extra zero. We know who uh, that is. We know who that is. Um, competitions. So, we've had two questions about competitions. Yeah. Um, you know, someone wants to enter a comp. Eric was on about he was going to enter a competition, but, yeah. you know, is he ready for it? How good should it be before he enters it? Uh, Tracy just asked, like, is it worth entering uh, competitions? Or do you need to win a competition to break in, she says. Uh, I don't think you do need to win. <laughs> if you do win, it's, a big it's not going to hurt, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a big plus. But say you're sitting at home and you haven't won a competition, uh, then don't feel particularly on the back foot. So I'll give you my story, because that might people like a story of tragedy, don't they? No, you love a story of tragedy. <laughs> No, it's not a story of tragedy, but I won a competition, of course, back in the day, 98 or something, you know, when the world was young. And um, and I wasn't ready for it, which I've talked about on the podcast before, so I'm not going to go on about that. But I wasn't ready to get that, to, 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 to translate that win into a career. Somebody's asked which uh, competition did you win? It okay, was this the, was a competition called the Jerwood Film Prize. doesn't exist anymore. It was a Jerwood, pretty, Jerwood Foundation's still going, but they're concentrating on visual arts. It was a pretty big deal at the time because the short was made by working title films in the end. Yeah. And, it was and a, then directed by Stephen Daldry. So it was a hundred grand budget that they made the film with. Short film. It was quite, you know, it was a big thing back then. And um, anyway... But I wasn't ready to capitalise that, uh, to capitalise on that, and move that from being a competition bit of fluff in the Telegraph into uh, where I was having meetings because I was too green. So I'd, I'd come in too early with that. So, long story short, no, you don't need to win. In fact, are you ready to win? And do you have the stuff lined up? So now I'm always saying to people, be ready anyway. So if you're if you're entering a good competition with a script. Don't enter the competition unless you've got another script as well. Because the first thing that you're going to get, if you get any good vibes out of it, is say a meeting with an agent or production company, you might go, we really loved your writing. This is not quite the genre for us or whatever. What else have you got? And I said, back in those old days, I haven't got anything else. Disaster. So it's about keeping uh, keeping a good stock of materials going as, you're, as you work along. 
Oh, keep those hearts coming. Keep those people joining up on Periscope. If you're not on Periscope, don't worry about it. If you're on Twitcast, great. I hope you can see everybody's uh, text as it comes up. I don't know how the I don't know how that. Um, but never that mind. Works, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but about competitions, absolutely, it's a way into the system. If you think I'm outside the system, always enter if you've got a suitable script. Don't be afraid, but don't be downhearted if it doesn't get anywhere. Just keep on going, basically. Uh, BBC Jake Clegg. Hello, no Jake Clegg. To me. Uh, BBC Three uh, going online or gone online? Yeah. Is it an opportunity or a loss? Uh, probably a bit of uh, probably both <laughs> probably both at the same time Phil Barron's watching on the big screen he's just sent us a picture which is the scariest thing I've ever seen Phil anyway um, uh, what do you think about what do you think about that Danny uh, I BBC f- BBC 3 because the point of BBC 3 to me from our point of view not from an audience point of view but it was a good way in for new writers especially comedy writers and young writers to get their first credit on the proper telly if you see what i mean now if you take away the proper telly you okay you've got a bbc commission but it's almost back to that party conversation well something i did was on bbc3 online and i thought oh (laughs) not good not good enough for the real telly not bbc1 i don't know yeah i mean i haven't seen anything on bbc3 since it went online and i used to watch bbc3 quite regularly so that is disappointing. So that's just a little shift in routine or a little bit of shift in terms of something being new and that we have to get accustomed to. However, let's be honest, yeah. I play as the future. So there is that. Yeah. I mean, I think the BBC, in a way, is outside of the opportunity for writers, so putting aside our own interests, uh, is probably done the right thing. Because the, whole B- the BBC's job is to be a bit bonkers in that way and to try stuff like that. So it was the first one to do iPlayer. Now there's like the ITV player, but it's not called that now, and the all four or whatever, yeah, and all this. Thing. But but the iPlayer was first, and so that that's their job. That's why we give them that money is to rock the boat a bit. So I think it it's probably a good thing to do for audiences, but has probably made life for writers not as easy. Maybe. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. This is the UK Scriptwriters Podcast. I'm Danny Stack. He's Tim Clegg. We're live with about 40 people, so thanks for tuning in. You could be doing something better on your Monday evening, but you're here with us on our first and possibly last live <laughs> UK Scriptwriters Podcast. Yeah. Uh, but keep your messages just coming in. Around, I'm just getting around the messages. Twitcast, which is very apt for us. Uh, <laughs> Twitter on UK Script Writers and Periscope for those who are on Periscope. Keep those love hearts coming because apparently that's a good thing. I have no idea. Uh, somebody asked, and I think it was Dom Carver again, what are your tips for increasing productivity? This is a really good question. Uh, and for me personally, it comes down to a manner of routine because as writers and as freelance, as a freelance writer myself, you establish a routine and you get into it, whether you uh, are aware of it or not, and then that routine becomes a rut, uh, eventually. Yeah. Uh, especially if you have a couple of negative things happening, and you can't 
maybe see your way out of it or you become less productive, especially with all these distractions online, like what we're doing now. What do you mean by a routine, though, Danny? Well, you say to yourself... So so are you talking about a working pattern? Yes, a working pattern that you've dedicated to yourself. And what does that look like? Uh, It could look like anything you want it to be. But as a freelancer, let's break it down as a freelancer. So most important thing, get up out of bed. That would be a good start. Preferably before 10 o'clock in the morning, also a very good start. Uh, And then you might allocate, if you want to, like half an hour of checking the news and your social media. And then you're going to say, okay, between 10.30 and 12.30, I'm going to do some writing. Yeah. Then I'm going to check email again and maybe have some. So lunch. I turn off. I turn off my email program. Great. Do you? Because uh, I, I don't like the ding. I don't. I, oh, I don't keep it on. No. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't like the ding yeah. because that distracts you, and then it's just a bit of spam. But you're sort of distracted by that, aren't you? Exactly. So I turn all that off, and I do the writing. I've got. A, there's a very simple little formula which maybe is good for beginners. Is just to think. Right. So today I'm doing some work. What have I got to do for work? I've got to inspire myself, do something that could be sold, try and sell it. If you did those three things every day, that's pretty much a guarantee of success long term. Yeah. Because you're kind of growing as a person, finding interesting things to say. You're writing something that someone actually probably wants to read, actually. But the third thing is every day trying to reach out to the folks out in the biz. Yeah. So, so do you know what I mean? A little something every day. They're all productive, practical things, actually, what you've just listed, rather yeah. than creative things. Yeah, uh, but what did Dom, but Dom's asking? He's asking about in, productivity. increasing productivity. So yeah. I think you'd produce more if you do that. I mean, the scripts to us are a commodity. I was watching, we're just talking about Oscar things, going back to that question. I'm still laughing about Trumbo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Trumbo. Your favourite bit in in Trumbo. In in Trumbo, right, which is a film about Dalton Trumbo, the blacklisted writer, he is um, uh, on the blacklist, not doing so well. And so he's getting a bit of a struggle going on. Uh, But he manages to pick up some gash old work, rewriting, like, whatever, like monkey films and stuff like that, you know, creature features and stuff. So what he does, uh, you know, he takes on board those, knocks them out in three days. But he's like, he gets hammered down on the price, down to like $2,000 or something. So I'm like, he's earned $2,000 in three days on the blacklist. He's doing better than us and he's banned. (laughs) But the the point that they make is that he's really hammering the productivity. So he's really going for it, working hard. And that's why he's a success, even if he's not allowed to be a success. So I thought that was a good, um, uh, a good and funny part of the film. But it was one of my favourite films of the award season. Right. But I don't think it did that well. No, it's just been nominated for awards yeah. and stuff. I don't know, but it, I yeah. thought it was really good. But of course, maybe we're biased because it's about our lives, if you see what I mean. Um, Let's cut on right through to the most hot topic we'll probably ever get this evening. Not again. A uh, question from Alessandra Castagni. Buonasera, Alessandra. Uh, That's do, a lot of assumptions you've made. I have. <laughs> do writers need an agent? Oh, I'm sorry. I beg your pardon. Do writers need an agent at the beginning of their careers? Uh, tips on getting one well you probably won't get one so uh, that, that's gonna don't worry about an age this is my advice I don't um, know if it's your advice sounds it already don't worry about an agent at the beginning of your career don't do it uh, focus just more about yourself and your own writing and building your own portfolio um, 
And hopefully then you'll generate enough interest or enough momentum that an agent would be interested in you. Uh, so yeah. mo most writers tend to try and get an agent too soon, thinking that it's the answer to their problems when really... See, the, what is the, let's think about what the agent's going to do, Danny, because that, that, I don't think everyone really knows what they do. Yeah, so, okay. So what they don't do is go out there and really sort of flog you in your script. So say you write a great spec script, um, Monkeys on Mars, right? They don't go around, touting around Monkeys on Mars, trying to get it made for you and knocking on doors for you. What happens is someone gets in touch with them and saying, have you got some... You know, this is, this is UK TV writing. Let's just put that into context. Uh, someone will get in touch with them normally about what have they got going on and what projects have they got and that kind of stuff. Now, their, your thing might fit that. That'd be a quick win. But mostly it'll be someone going, well, I've got a sci-fi script that I'm struggling with called Gorillas from Uranus. Right? And they go, well, Monkeys on Mars writers kicking about. And then they go, well, what's Monkeys on Mars? And they go, well, they've just written the Monkeys on Mars script. They've not, uh, -uh not sure they're for us. So if you have an agent too early, that agent can't really sell you that well because you don't have the body of work that the producers and the broadcasters want to see. This is for TV. This is for TV. Uh, but we're doing a slight UK bias because it's UK script writers. Yeah podcast um uh and it's where we've got our most experience from so we can speak with a little bit a little bit more certainty do you, do you agree with that danny that's why having one early isn't gonna help you even if you got one particularly yeah i mean that, you can't back it up that that applies uh i mean an agent will send your scripts or send your script if you've only written one but it's unlikely that they represent you if you've only written one they'll send your script around town and try and get you meetings uh if it's a feature film they'll hopefully try and use it as a feature film to sell. Otherwise, it could be a sample script in terms of... Exactly. ...to get you work as a rewriter or an assignment. But those are tough to get. So generally, it's just a sample for TV then to you, get you TV work. But you've got an agent. I've got an agent. But so do you... Does that mean you sit at home doing nothing, waiting for the phone to ring? That's the worst thing I exactly. can do. Which I uh, don't do at all. I view it as a tag team kind of relationship where I'm as proactive as my agent... So I can get in touch with her and tell her what I've been doing and maybe some people that I've been trying to reach out to. And if I've had a reply from them or if I hadn't, maybe for the agent to follow it up. Or if I've even started to get into a conversation with some of these people for the agent to uh, follow it up. Oh, saying live finished. Yeah, we just see the text. Oh. Somebody sent, uh, put up a message there on Periscope. I d can't remember. Can't, it's gone now. The Twitcast might be over for some reason because maybe we've used up some... Uh, uh, maybe we've used up... No. I don't know. I think it just has a limit. What's going on, Periscope people? Talk to us. You can still see us and hear us, no, no, obviously. I think, I think, I think we're I think we're back on in Periscope. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It's some, just somebody's out. typing. Yeah, you're there. Still fine on here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Sophie, Hello. Uh, I can't read that small. Reggie? Hello, Reggie. Oh, the names. And then yeah. and somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're back uh, on. We're still back on. Okay, well, let's, uh, um, let's talk about screenwriting software. If everyone's happy with that, if we just crack on, crack on too fast, we're happy to go back over anything. Uh, uh, screenwriting software. You don't care, do you, Danny? I don't care. 
Okay. Uh, I've well, I use Final Draft because some TV shows in the UK you have to have Final Draft. They don't pay for it for you. They'll just ex- <laughs> they'll just ex- good good thing to mention. Yeah, it's just uh, they'll just expect you to have it. Um, so Final Draft works perfectly well. Keltex works perfectly well, and it's free. So you know if if you haven't got a gig, but you want to use proper screenwriting software, Keltex is fine. Fade in, I've never used. Movie Magic, I've used, and I thought that was fine. People rave about Scrivener, which is cheap. It's about yeah. 40, 40 pounds. Right to Duet. Uh, James Moore, and I know, knows, uh, uh, uses Scrivener, and I think he raves about it. So, James, if you're still online on Periscope, give, us a, give us a thumbs up to say about Scrivener or whatever. Uh, I think I, you might have already. There's, um, there's, uh, there's so many these days. There is many. There used to be, like, Final Draft, Movie Magic, and that was about it. The point is, I don't think it actually matters and no one cares. Give them a go. You can normally get a trial of most of them for the ones that aren't free. And the one and some of them are a little bit of money and it's worth a go. And just give them a go and find the one that's right for you. Danny's right. A lot of people want the FDX, .FDX-like files. But most of them will output that. So you can do it on whatever you want and then output as an FDX at the very least of course you can output all of them as PDF and send it to someone okay. so there's not a worry there myself and Danny both happen to have final drafts so we write our things in that because we both got it Yeah. but if I was starting out and we didn't have it I probably wouldn't give them the money because it's quite expensive for what it is it it's is not, expensive not be- it's not that much it's not say it's like five times as much as one of the others it's not five times better so don't feel on the back foot if you're using something else Use Microsoft Word if you have to, but just make sure you use the right font and make sure you use the right no, margins. Yeah. Even if you're just taking it, if it looks right, then that's fine. I guess so. Um, but there's so many free ones that you could get. I wouldn't even, why would you even use Word? Yeah, Keltex. Use Keltex. That's free. Yeah. Uh, and there's other things popping up left, right and centre. There's ones you can get for your tablet. I'm pointing at the tablet. There's ones you can get for your tablet. So, um, you know, use use that even yeah. you know like uh, oh and for the ipad you can use those so it's not don't worry about it i suppose is the short answer screenwriting software is the absolutely basic minimum that you need to worry about and well, well i think what people worry about is the fact that they if they don't have final draft because they've never got it danny that mm. they're missing out on something right so no. we're telling you now you're not it's the same. So that's that. Don't it's the worry same about as it. everything else. Yeah. Don't uh, worry about lots of love hearts on Periscope. We love that. If you, uh, I, I've heard like the like, some the thing with the smaller ones, like writer duet, is that the guy's active. So if you tweet him, the make guy, guy that makes it, he'll send you a thing back, and you don't get that with Final Draft, of course. So there is a positive thing almost with some of the smaller producers of the software and the fact that they're going to be more active in supporting you in your writing yeah. what you're trying to do or if you've got questions or whatever or you feel it could be better they'll probably do something about it uh peter devonald has just joined us on twitcast i know peter of old actually he's a, a an old name if you don't mind me saying so peter oh dear. on oh, the really? scene he's still a young man obviously oh, okay. um peter's an interesting chap because he does well uh continuously on screenwriting competitions isn't that right peter Correct me if I'm wrong, put up a message or whatever. He does what now? Uh, he does well with screenwriting competitions. Oh, yeah. And he's a very active kind of grafter. He's stuck okay. at it. Yeah, great. I think, I think, I've never met Peter in person, but we came across each other in the old days on zoetrope.com. Oh, yeah. And have developed ever since that. Yeah. Uh, 
Peter's not typing anything in reply. So What's he wants to know there? What's he, he's question? just saying thanks. Uh, oh, is there? No, any- there's not. Is there anything else? Yeah, uh, lots of semi-finalists and competitions, and some winners. Grafter, good word. So his question: <laughs> Is there anything <laughs> else one can do to be more proactive in the industry? Yes. Stop hanging about with other writers. Well, obviously, hang out with us for this. But uh, no, this is just a social. This is the equivalent of going to the pub. But the writers like to go and network with other writers. And can you think of a more ridiculous way to spend your precious networking time than with other writers? Yeah, it's good. But if you think that it should be writers, directors, producers, I'd say even sales and distribution people, those are the chaps to be hanging out with as well as writers. So writers all huddling in the group, that's not really being proactive. Although it feels good because you get a pat on the back. But, you know, for each other. But actually to get out there and speak to people that are in a position to to do something with your writing, that's better. So that means, like, great, go to the London Screenwriters Festival. That's fantastic. Don't only go there. Go to producers' uh, events and that kind of stuff. Somebody's telling saying you shut up. (laughs) All right. Oh, well then. Uh, James uh, has asked the question about if we were starting out in the business now, how would we approach it? Uh, I think I would approach it very strategically because of all the information that's online and the, all the information that's available on books, like even what we've written. Uh, if you can't make a sensible, practical and strategic approach, you're doing something wrong uh, because there are ways to cut above or leapfrog certain levels of people that are cluttering up the system, as it were. Um, And you can... What do you mean? What do you mean? You know, there are people scrabbling around, uh, making a lot of noise, uh, vying for producers' attention, and they may not be... uh, You know, there's some Looney Tunes out there, let's be honest. Uh, And you can put yourself above that kind of bracket immediately just by being a bit sensible, a bit logical... Doing some work, uh, grafting on your scripts, working on your craft uh, and being ready rather than like, oh, I've written a script and launching yourself at agents and producers and whatnot. It's just like, well, if you've written a script, take your time. Don't send it to anybody. Write another one. Uh, Get feedback amongst friends and anybody Mm, you trust. um, And start building up this kind of sense of perspective about yourself and your work and how you're going to relate to the industry and how you're going to approach the industry. Uh, so I'm hoping this makes sense and is useful because now it's, I mean, this is only what I would do because I'd be thinking, how can I stand out in amongst all the competition that's out there? There's so much competition now. Uh, and I've, a lot of really good writers, a lot of talented new writers, and they're getting attention. You can get that attention too, just by kind of being sensible, but working hard, um, having a good taste in terms of knowing what's good and what's not, uh, that's obviously difficult to generate from a starting uh, point. But it's something you do get better at by one key thing, mm-hmm. which is read screenplays. Oh, yes. Start reading screenplays if you haven't started already. Yeah, that's um, that's that's common. Uh, read two a week. Uh, read each other's, yeah. Someone's saying there, uh, join a club or form a club. You know, uh, get together and read each other's scripts for, f- for feedback, especially with people that are at the um, 
uh, at the same level. Yes. Uh, I mean, all, obviously also um, right loads, which is what Sophie's saying on Periscope, absolutely right loads. But my number one tip for script reading, in fact, is don't read scripts uh, that you're familiar with. So if they're like, download the latest um, script for Spotlight or an Oscar-winning script, by all means read what an Oscar-winning script looks like. Uh, but I would recommend that you read at least one script that you know nothing about whatsoever from an unknown writer, because that way it's the same process um, that you're going through, that a script reader goes through when they're picking up your, your script to read. Because it's about processing information uh, visual information, exposition about story, exposition about everything. Uh, and once you start appreciating what it's like to read a script that you know nothing about, your own writing will get in, it will improve. Does that make sense? I think so. Does, it does make sense. It does make sense. Uh, my thing is, uh, you know, shoot stuff. That's what I say. Because back when I started out, I couldn't really afford to get a camera because they were expensive back in the day. Either you had to shoot on film, which was expensive, or you had to have an expensive video camera. Mm. And it's just like, couldn't afford it. So now it's like, I'm like, why isn't everyone shooting everything all the time? That's what I think. Um, I'm, wa I'm waving to the Twitcasters, and now I'm waving to the Periscopers. Here's a question for you. Uh, I'll second what Dom says about um, he went to low-budget filmmaking course, which was really for producers. Um but he found that he learned lots from that. Uh, that's but Dom's written a lot before, so Dom's an experienced, knowledgeable writer. Dom's just through to the top eight percent of BBC Writers Room. Well done, Dom. Exactly. Uh, and I don't think that's his first time, is it? I'm, I'm not sure, but anyway, it was, it was great it, to see a lot. It is of, or it isn't. It was but, great to see a lot of familiar names and faces pop up for that. But he's taking the step up. Yeah. How does he step up from that? It's getting a mind of the producer on what do they want to see. Mm. Um, here's a question that came flashing up at some point on one. I think it was on there. What is your view? You're, you're biased, Danny, probably, but maybe you can see through that. What is your advice about paying a script consultant? Excuse me. <laughs> script, a script consultant. How do you... What's your view on is that worth it? Uh, and if so, how much is it worth it? And is it worth these guys doing it? Yeah, I think it's uh, very much worth uh, getting independent script back, uh, feedback from a script consultant that you pay for. Uh, just choose whoever you think is the right script consultant for you. There are many out there. Some are more reputable than others with their experience or their level of script reading. Uh, some are really cheap. The two cheap ones, you generally kind of, it's hit and miss really. They could be good and they could be just starting out and need the experience. Um, I do it. I do it for a fee. Uh, but I've been a script reader for like, 15 years and I've read for some really big companies which has been really lucky for me so working title Miramax Pathé BBC Films no oh, sorry beg your pardon UK Film Council uh, Irish Film Board people like that so I've kind of built up a script reading reputation if you like but that only exists in my head uh, but <laughs> I don't do it you don't do it at all you can't bear it I can't bear it and that and, and I'm an okay writer but I can't I find it quite difficult to give good feedback. So it's not a skill that everyone has. That's important mm. to know that. So it is about finding someone that you think's good. Um, I think also really think about, like some people will say it's a bit expensive. 
It can be. And it can be. I'm expensive. Let's just put numbers on the doors, Danny. Yeah. A stranger comes to you via your website. Mm-hmm. What is the rate to for a feature script of 100 pages to get a report from you? And what does that look like? So people know... I'm not trying to plug you, but just to put some figures in. Yeah. Because people might not... They might just think, is it £1,000? Is it a tenner? Well, I, I want to do it so that it's worth my time, but it's also worth your time. So I don't want to just do a script report that's three pages long. Uh because the work involved for for that is pretty much the same as doing detailed notes, to be honest, because I still have to read your script uh, possibly twice uh, and really kind of try and digest it and give my notes and feedback. So I like to give detailed script notes of at least six or seven pages long, um, and I charge £240 for feature film scripts. Uh, and then they kind of go down in terms of one-hour TV scripts and half-hour scripts. Uh, other kind of uh, script readers or consultants or consultants who who have similar experience to me do that kind of price as well. So we think that's fair enough. And it's then everybody else is kind of underneath that. There actually, there's people more expensive than me. Um, and some people offer script rewrites and all sorts of things. So between the day-to-day of our routine and stuff, if I get a request for do a script report then I want to make sure that it's worth your while and worth my while so that the work benefits everybody, basically. I think um, it is it is worth it. And just to put that... Um, any concern... Not concerns. Just have a think about the money involved, guys. So it seems like quite a bit of money, but it actually goes quite a long way in terms of... Uh, it's cost you nothing to get it to that point. But if you were any other type of artist, painter, sculptor, you've already forked out for your raw materials. So if you're, you know, block of marble to sculpt or something. Here, we've just got our scripts, we've got our computer, we've got paper if we've printed it out, and that's it. Fantastic. So actually, your only real investment is to get that feedback. But without it, you don't actually know if that script is in a good shape or not. So it's a bit like you might have wasted your time by sending out something that could be much better and isn't. And people are only going to read it once. So if you send it to abigproducer.com and they're like, no, this isn't for me, then all that time has been wasted. They're not. If you work on it more and send it again, they're not going to read it again. They've read that. So actually, bearing in mind that's your only real cost. I think it is worth getting someone that knows what they're doing and has read more scripts. Yeah. So they can say, I know you thought you were being really original with your opening of looking at it from a dog's point of view, running through the thing. I've read three in the last month like that, for some reason, whatever that is. And uh, you wouldn't know that. So you're sending out something you think's really fresh and straight away it isn't. It's just getting that new, fresh, experienced pair of eyes that you maybe your mate who's also coming up with you as a scriptwriter, still wouldn't have. So I'd say don't send it to Danny or whoever early. Get it really good, good as you can get it, and then he'll give you that extra polish advice that just that you would never know. So do everything you know that you want to do first and then share it. And that well, here's a way of getting good value for money. Here's a way of thinking about it as well. I mean, if you're sending a script to a producer or a production company, you're expecting them to give you money, ideally, for your work. 
uh, and to do that and to do that in a sensible and strategic way then why not invest a little bit of money in yourself and in your own work before you send it forward and we're only talking really between 40 pounds and 200 pounds or 300 pounds which isn't a lot in the scheme of things and something a little small investment in your own script before you send it out to get fresh independent feedback uh, could be well worth it somebody asked the question about uh, what about kind of one-on-one script editing almost in terms of ongoing so like mentoring like almost like mentoring again uh, you you can pay for it uh, you might be able to find a generous writer who would be able to kind of help you in their off kind of time. Andy Riley, who's a comic writer, and you'll find him on Twitter, Andy Riley-ish, I think. He put up a recent shout out to mentor somebody and he would do it absolutely free of charge. Uh, and he would just set up basic rules in terms of how it would work. And so there are people out there in the industry who really want to help. Uh, so you can either... Choose to invest a little bit of money in your own development, which I would recommend, uh, or just kind of seek out competitions and schemes to uh, help develop your writing or get your script the attention that you think uh, it deserves. Uh, So, Uh, One question from the past, which we're now sort of circling around on, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. For getting in touch with producers. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is useful. I think it is useful. I think um, the only thing, the only tip is, you know, when you send your connect thing or your message to someone, it's got to be quite short. Can't do a long rambling thing. And, the day, and you can't even put a website address in that uh, to stop sp- spam and so on. It's fair enough. So actually really work on what that short little message should be. And it tends to be, you know, a little bit about you, but then a little bit about why you've trying to contact that particular person so um you know did they do a film that your film's like uh did you hear them in an interview and they said they were interested in or they had nostalgia around something and your things about it is it about a person that you know they admire whatever so keeping it personal it's the generic ones that make it a waste of time and if anyone moans about linkedin from a who's a producer it tends to be they just get a load of generic things from someone that the job title is writer actor model producer and they're just like well what is this about but if it says sort of screenwriter and then you know i've written a biography about someone that i think you admire as well and like you're going to be like well let's at least stay in touch even if i don't want to read that thing and then that's it isn't it that's then you've got a contact just don't bombard people well we had a recent pitch meeting with amazon amazon kids in america and that came about because i contact the person on linkedin oh yeah uh so well worth it uh can it can pay off people use it for various reasons so sometimes it can be worth it exactly uh any right. any more questions i yeah. mean we've been on for nearly an hour uh, we're, we yeah, were going to top we're it off boring ourselves hour. but you know uh, i'm sure our viewers are dwindling it the more and more we speak so uh yeah if you've got any last minute um things any questions favorite tv right. dramas at the moment and why you don't watch tv drama do you, you still on are you still watching the good wife yeah you told me it was the last series it so is I'm the pleased last about series. that because that feels like there's an end in sight so I'm happy with that. 
uh, somebody saying they miserably worked, miserably worked in factual entertainment for under a year. That's that's a shame. At least you're, <laughs> at least you're working in the biz. That's a positive. Uh, but thanks for listening to, to the I podcast. I think that's a good thing, though. I think it's better to be doing something in the biz, that's, isn't it? That's, what, that's, that's the key. I mean, I came over from Ireland in 1994... And uh, I started temping in the media here, which was pretty easy to do, I found. And then I got a temp job at Channel 4. And I, you know, supposed to stay for two weeks. I stayed for four years. And uh, so if you work in the media in any way, shape or form, that's better than not being in the media when you want to be in the media. And you make good contacts and you meet cool people. Um, and you can start, you can, that way you're staying inspired as well because you're in the right mindset and you're in the right vibe. Uh, and you can just keep on going because it is hard. We know it's hard. It's hard for us. Uh, we've had our knocks and we've had our negative moments, but we try to keep going uh, as much as possible. Uh, it's been great teaming up with Tim to make the feature film that we made last year. If you haven't heard of it, it's a kid's film. It's called Who Killed Nelson Nutmeg? Uh, I don't think I could have made the film by myself. Uh, so making it with Tim enabled it to happen, I think. Whereas I think Tim could have made the film by himself, if that makes sense. Uh, but collaboration and teamwork is... Yeah, uh, there's something more about working together, though, and teaming up. Mm -hmm. Going back to that writer's circle idea someone mentioned, like get together with a writer's group. There's just something about working with someone else that keeps you motivated. It does, keeps you motivated. When so, one is down, the, the other is up, generally, isn't it? Generally, That's but also someone's doing some work in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. So you did your beat, you did the first draft of the beat sheet on this new script, mm -hmm. and now I'm going through expanding that. Yeah, so, so I'm, that gives you a I'm break. kicking back having a pina colada. Yeah, exactly. And in a way, working. that's good. But also, I want to do it at a pace because I don't want to be embarrassed by you saying, where's that thing you're supposed to have done? So actually, just that, it's almost like we're each other's manager a little bit in that way in terms of let's keep the momentum going. Yeah. And if I get too busy, you can crack on with it. Mm -hmm. So it don't, doesn't stall and lose momentum, which is the as soon as things lose momentum... They can hit the buffers, can't they, all too easily. Mm. So it's very good to work with someone else. I recommend it for people. Not enough people collaborate and work together. No, you'll get a, a whole lot more a done. Isolating, you'll, isn't it? you'll get a whole lot more done. Uh, make a short film, do a podcast, uh, do a web series. Anything. Hell, make a just dive in and make a feature. I mean, yeah. we didn't really know what we were doing apart from we just knew we could throw stuff at the wall and make some momentum happen. Yeah, and then it happened. So, uh, yeah, collaboration. Do it. Just keep on going. And when you have really down moments, when you think I'm going to jack it all in, that's when you reach out to your friends or your network, uh, and you'll have a shoulder to cry on there, and you'll get some reassuring words and more inspiration. Just to mm. keep on going. Mm. Uh, or someone will say to you, "Yeah, I think it's about time you did knock it on the head, mate." <laughs> you but you know, at least you know. All right, good. Well, let's uh, kind of draw that to a, a close, then, Danny, because mm. that's enough chit chat, isn't yeah. it? Probably. Somebody but, saying, "Fancy a beer?" I always fancy a beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, we might do this again. We might not. I mean, we'll see how we get on. How we think about it after. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is our first time doing this. Uh, I feel that's probably enough time to do it as well as it, an hour. You know, it feels about right. Yeah, we might do it again. I mean, it hasn't been a success in terms of how we've worked it out, I think. 
uh, <laughs> and judging by how many people are tuning in, whatever. But well, you know, it's been good fun to do. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you think we should do it again, let us know. Keep in touch, uh, and obviously just listen to the podcast as normal. Uh, in terms of ukscriptwriters.podomatic.com is where we're at. Uh, we've been yeah. doing it for five years. There's five years worth of really good stuff and really good interviews. Yeah. So check them out. Oh, and don't forget, everyone, get your copy of the UK Scriptwriter's Survival Handbook. You know you want it. Uh, from Amazon. You can get uh, it free if you're on Kindle Unlimited. Kindle Unlimited. Uh, you can get it so on Kindle, though, for about four ninety nine or something. No. Six ni- what no, is it? Seven ninety nine because seven ninety nine because we're, we're it's, on exclu- it's got on this it's in the minute it's in the Kindle exclusive deal. Anyway, uh, but you can get it as a hard I recommend it as a hardback thing because it's a great thing for flicking through for some little inspiration and keep you going. But I mean do what you want, fellas. Don't get it just to be tell you to get it. You can make your own minds yeah. up. But but it is quite good if you're interested in um, working in the business and just want some tips that's it really uh, alright good uh, alright well you know where to get in touch with us we know where to find you and you know where to find us so yeah. we'll see you next time either on the podcast or on the Periscopy Twitterness Muat Vic if that's how you pronounce your name you've joined too late we're finishing we're just off. going now we're, di- like, we're just going now we're going now where have you been James Beak Seabar James we're Bar, finishing you just we're off mate we're off uh, but thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again soon yeah. maybe live maybe back on normal exactly right good <laughs>